Pod. Hey, Effers. I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the Titans edition of Football and Other F-Words. Today on the Titans edition, we'll be talking about Titans news. We'll be talking yeah. about the Texans game that happened. Boom. And we... <laughs> Children, please. <laughs> Sorry, and that was me. We will do a uh, preview of the Jets game, and then I also think we're going to talk a little bit about next year or the offseason. Um which may Never be. too early to look ahead at 2020. I'm just <laughs> skipping 2019. We have a horrible schedule. <laughs> horrible schedule. Uh, well, as is tradition, I'm joined by some hooligans. I've got uh, a man who who said earlier today, nothing matters. It's Zebo. It's true. Nothing does matter. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, audience. <laughs> Thank you. Live studio audience. Live this studio is very audience. exciting. It's a very long clap. I mean, they of, just love please, me. They love me. all these children that me. were booing earlier, and now they're very excited and clapping. They, they can't be contained. They clap like adults, though. Yeah. They, do. they don't clap like children. Um, uh, we've got another person here who claps like a child. It's, it's Mike Miracles. Uh, well, you know, I probably had that coming. <laughs> these children are unruly. <laughs> unruly. Get out of here, kids. They're, they grew really Get quick. Get out of here. They aged really quick. Yeah, they're either very large children <laughs> yeah. or... I've had I've had enough. After last night, I've been through enough, kids. <laughs> well, rumor has it we might also get a uh, special uh, guest appearance from Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> what is this? It's a turkey. Know. When I was searching crowd noises, it says crowd t- tongue rolls. Oh. Huh. So, like, it's just a bunch of people in a crowd going... <laughs> for whatever reason, that's a sound bite. I just figured I'm I had glad to it's it. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm for it. Why not? Um, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by an F word, and today's F word is foolish. As in, what the fuck were we doing giving the ball to Luke Stalker on fourth and two? Also, the Titans make us that look foolish every game now. That yeah. was foolish. Uh, let's let's uh, give our listeners something that will make them look not foolish. What's with these other shirts making me hurl? What's up with the ugly fives? I only for the Bill 65, taking the enlightenment. Skip the mega stores. Fit anyway, slide. It's for the Bill 65. Ooh, there's up like a border collie. Uh-oh, and they'll make you feel like Thorpe. No one cares if you want to wear them every day. No one cares about that. Just let me be clear. Shirts off as a deer. Give them five stars on Yelp. Nipples won't get twisted. These shirts are lit. Fun like a cool. Skip the mega stores. Fit anyway, slide. They're soft like a border collie. Uh oh, and they'll make you feel like Thor. No one cares if you want to wear them every day. No one cares about that. No one cares about that. 
Visit FordDeVille615.com today and get free shipping on all orders over $100. And with every purchase made, a donation is made to the National Predators Foundation. You can follow them on Instagram, on Twitter, at, at FordDeVille615. FordDeVilleSucks15.com. You'll look like Button Collins. Excellent work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So I was scrolling through the reviews. Mm -hmm. Someone uh, likes everything about our podcast except for me singing. Huh. (laughs) I just thought that was really rude. uh, You know... Your singing's beautiful. Yeah. The, the ad reads are very clever. Yeah. And um, yes. they're here to stay, so get over it. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that. I don't know. Just um, skip. No, no. You know what? Don't don't press the fast forward button or the skip button. Mm-mm. Listen to it. Yeah. All right. I think we're he ready for He puts hard our, work into it. Yeah. We're ready for our special guest, actually. Okay. We're going to give right. him a call. You're going to hear everything. <laughs> no editing. The magic. Are we supposed to? There we go. There it is. is. (laughs) No editing, Keith. Sorry. Let's just hope it works first time. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, Mr. Lebowski. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. We are live. Live on the air, my friend. I don't know if there's anything good about this evening either, so (laughs) pipe pipe down on that a little bit. What could we possibly be discussing? We're uh, we're gonna talk about the Titans Texans game that we just witnessed. Please, anything else? Anything else? Could we? Oh, that 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 game actually occurred. That was some kind of fever dream I was having last night after uh, enjoying too much beef O'Brady's. <laughs> Can could we just? Oh it very well could be. <laughs> wait, wait, did we all beef eat O'Brady's? Did we all eat beef O'Brady's last night? <laughs> it was a collective. What the beef hell O'Brady's. happened to beef O'Brady's? Yeah. So, what about this uh, atrocious game? Do we want to discuss first the cat shit tiramisu play calling we have? <laughs> uh, the O line. I, I uh, say, yeah, sure. Let's uh, start. Just in, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's start. What were your thoughts on the cat shit tiramisu? It's a really hard to well, say. Well, it's you know it, it looks like tiramisu, and then you bite into it, and surprise, it's disgusting. It makes you want to throw up. How was it it's texture exactly wise? How I feel though. every time I watch our O line kick the field. <laughs> was the texture light and fluffy though? That's what I really care about no. with tiramisu. No, it's crunchy. Mm, been in the box. I don't like this at all. So it's stale cat shit with maybe kitty litter stuck to it. This is bad. I don't like no, this. But so, <laughs> so what? I mean, I, I'm just going to jump right into it. To me, I've pinned it down to bad play calling that's just wrapped around Mario, to, uh, the, the team afraid to get Mario to hurt. Our coaching staff afraid to get Mario to hurt. So we we call these garbage running plays because they know that the pocket is going to collapse so quickly on Mariota that I, I just don't think I think that's why we don't have any rhyme or rhythm to it. I mean, Mike, am I off base with that? No, I, I think you're on the right track there, I, and I think Vrabel said as much. I think he mentioned they don't want to put him in a position against that front of the Texans to drop back. You know. 30, 40 times a game and, you know, take that punishment. Because I, I think they know they can't protect right now. And as unfortunate as that is, you know, it's it's really handicapping this offense. And and you, I, I do think that's a part of the terrible play calling and the 
infuriating, makes me want to like throw my TV out the window, second and 13 draw plays to Deion Lewis. But, you know, I, I don't know. At some point, you've, you've either got to decide that you're – you're going to stick with you're just going to protect Mariota and and offense be damned or you're going to try to actually play offense and attack downfield and ask your guys to protect i mean it, you can't play scared I, I, it drives me crazy that they are so scared of putting him in a position to get hurt it, i don't but we and and we're playing scared and then you combine it with with get, trying to get cute on certain plays and having it bite us, ha- having it bite the team in enormous ways, it, it's very hard to connect the Luke Stalker running it up the middle debacle immediately to getting gashed for 97 yards for a touchdown after turning over the ball. But it's really hard to separate the two, watching them back to back. And, and let me, I guess, let me throw this out there. Just how on, on a scale of one to stupid or 10, I should say, how stupid was that play call? It was the most fucking ridiculous play call I've ever seen. And what makes it worse is, and we have audio from it, but they, Vrabel said today that he, they practiced it because they saw that it was a weakness of the Texans defense through tape and all this stuff through film study. Well, you know who actually ran those plays? Real fullbacks. I mean, not Luke Stalker on his first carry, who was ostensibly our third string tight end coming into this season. And he's slow as shit, and he actually runs like he's blocking, not with the ball. I mean, he runs and takes out two of the guys, which leaves a perfect running lane for Derrick Henry to run right through and get the first down. It was complete idiocy at its finest. And the fact that they practiced it. well, not only did they practice it, Luke Stalker admitted, I believe it was an interview right after the game, that he doesn't even know the last time he carried a ball. He thinks it was in high school. Thinks. Yeah. That's the option we went with. Not only did we run that in an actual regulation NFL game, the Titans practiced it. And at no point during the week, while you're watching, I guess, children play with matches, did no one pop up and say, this is not a good idea. I just don't understand how you you have a pivotal situation. You have a fourth and two that you fourth and one. I think fourth yeah, and one. Yeah, fourth yeah and you're one. right. I'm sorry. Fourth and one. You have a pivotal situation where you have to get a yard, and you take the ball out of your all, like top five players' best hands, and you give yeah. it to him. Yeah. Like, how do you not give that ball to? a Mariota or a Henry or a Lewis or anyone else. And I know that Marcus has done a great job, or they say he has, of saying, these plays are dumb, let's not call this play. Where was that on this play? Where was was an audible from him? And and trust me, I don't want to come off like, this is Marcus's fault. But it just seems like a clusterfuck of the wrong time for everybody to shit the bed collectively. Like everybody had the world's, everybody had a brain fart at the same time for whatever reason. And I I don't get it. I don't get why Henry did not get the ball yet again on a fourth and one or a goal line situation that could change the game. It changed that, that play changed everything. Yeah. Everything. The bad thing is that the play that they faked off of it, the you know, they basically ran the fullback dive and then they had Mariota pivoting out to run like a speed option with uh Henry flanking him if he you know, if he'd kept it. That play was wide open. Henry scores with ease around the edge if Mariota keeps it 
pivots into that option and tosses it out to Henry. Henry's, yeah. you know, he's got a foot race with, uh, I think it was Justin Reed uh, yeah. to the end zone, and there's no way Henry's not getting in at, at from him that, that short of yardage. So, you know, it, it's painful to see them do stuff like that. But it, part of me wonders, and I, I don't know if this is like, too much conspiracy theory, but part of me wonders how much of it is LaFleur, how much it is of it is Vrabel, because in situations like this, I feel like the head coach has, if not the, the you know, he definitely has the leeway to make the call or to say no fucking way we're not doing that. So where where does the responsibility lie between LaFleur and Vrabel for that call? And we may never know that answer, and yeah. I think that's the most maddening part is that I think I think up until maybe last week it wasn't being questioned, or up until the Colts game it wasn't being questioned very much, or at least I didn't hear it. But last week after the Colts game, we kind of talked in a, in in our solo chat. Is this all because Vrabel at the beginning of the off season said, if I want to run a run play, we're going to run a run play. If I want to have a blitz, you know, on this play, we're going to do a blitz. Is is he meddling and where we maybe we all forgot it, but I think now everybody's starting to remember it. Yeah. And if he's meddling, I mean, at that point, I mean, who calls a fullback dive with Luke Stalker at this point? Yeah. You mean and why even had signed Justin Fowler anyway? I mean, it's like if you want to do full ball fullback dives with you know, a, in game critical moments, fucking sign a fullback or keep the fullback that you signed. Hell, I would have I would have rather them give it to Michael Pruitt, who's actually a good athlete, or uh Anthony Ferkser, who actually played fullback in college for a little while. Give it to one of those guys if you want to get cute with it. Don't give it to the two hundred and seventy pound blocking tight end who runs like a you know he runs like an overweight, like fat guy yeah. lumbering to the fridge. That's like, my thing. There's no way that looks good in practice. Yeah, there's no, no way that looked good at, at well, any. Well, no, point. against our run defense, it probably could. <laughs> well, yeah, from the from this game, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so that's you know where where I'll go with this. And I back up to Mike's comment for a second is, um, I, I, a I would like to know if it's uh, how much is it is. How much is it on the OC? How much is it as our head coach, you know, uh, overriding that call and deciding to to get cute? I, I do believe what Zach's saying that we'll never know, and maybe it's best that we don't know, because the only thing I can hope for is that there is some serious reflection on those kind of idiotic play calls, and then it's learned from. And if it is Brable overriding. Then variable steps back and says, "Okay, that, it basically can learn from it and say, all right, there, there are. Mo- I have to pick my moments, and that is not a moment where I, I need to be trusting, you know, my offensive coordinator at that point. Um, so, I, I'm willing to live with that if that's what it is. And this is one of those where I want to look at this as just this game instead of it trying to build a trend, even though it's hard not to build a trend because we've seen some." seen some very stupid play calls so far this year, but in the interest of trying to give a first year regime a little bit of breathing room, I'm willing to look at it as just this game, but God damn, is it not a hard pill to swallow when you literally can pinpoint that one play that our postseason went down the drain. I don't think there's anyone sitting at y'all's table right now that probably disagree with what I'm saying. We literally watched our playoff hopes 
go down the drain at that point. Yeah, and that was definitely a turning point, and I feel like that was definitely uh, something that uh, definitely stands out. It's a very easy thing to see, and, and it's been talked about to death already. But the I had issues with the play calling and the game script uh, from the offense in general. There was a lot – I know that we've talked about this a little bit. There's a lot of second down – and long runs. Oh my God, yeah. there was give me a, a fucking break. Going into the third and fourth quarter when we needed to score, we needed to score fast. Yeah, there down was three scores. There was all kinds of running the ball that was not successful all yeah. day. And, and Marcus, despite the pressures that he was getting, was obviously phenomenal. He and, was insane. And let me tell you how his, historic his game was and how historically bad that we had to be to lose. Like, we're finding new ways to lose. <laughs> Titans are the first team in modern NFL history. That's from 1950 to now. To lose a game when their quarterback has less than three incompletions. That's only 68 years of yeah. football, Zach. And then so. one, there's been 145 <laughs> games post-merger where a quarterback has posted a rating of over 145. Only six of those games where that quarterback has done that, that team has lost. Yeah. So Impressive. this was a 95% chance to win just based on Marcus's play alone. And we just took – the. We took the ball out of his hand at the most inopportune times, and that seems to be the trend. Either we don't give him the ball enough, or it, it just doesn't make sense. And the one of the big things is that there were 16 designed runs. That's all we ran. 16 designed run plays if you take out Corey Davis's end around. 16 runs by... And okay, so let's... Yeah. It, and, and what that's... Corey Davis is where I want to run with this next. Okay. Corey Davis was phenomenal last night. The Texans had no answer for him. So what did we do? The Titans targeted him four times. Yeah. And he I, caught all four targets. I will say this. I, I'm, I'm not all the way through the review of the tape, but I've watched the basically the entire first half. Davis, after those first, I think he had two catches in the big pass interference call on like the first two drives so he had like 40 yards and then a 33 yard pass interference call um the texans started doubling him and i mean they i mean they were straight up doubling him which is pretty rare and that led to the johnu smith touchdown um because tyron matthew basically vacated the middle of the field and was trying to cut off the underneath route to davis and that left Smith wide open, and he took off for the touchdown. It also created other opportunities later on in the game, but they were pretty hell-bent on taking Davis away from the Titans after the first couple drives. They they adjusted. Well, in those 16 run plays that they called outside the Corey Davis one, eight of them, so 50% of them went up the middle for 11 yards. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. And how come is it that we can watch a game and we probably watch it once. Big Mike watches it twice. Watch a game once a week, twice a week, and we're not professional coaches, and we realize we cannot run up the middle about four or five weeks ago. And these people who are supposed to are trained to watch the tape, mm -hmm. break down game film to give it to their players, every position on the offense has probably seen these run plays, and nobody said, maybe we should abandon running up the middle. Yeah, we don't have the we don't have the center and guard for, guards for it. The what are they watching that we're we're missing? I have no idea because the percentage of plays, run plays that Ben Jones and or Josh Klein, and usually it's both of them, 
are like two or three yards deep in the backfield because they get pushed back is is gotta be over 70 percent like it's almost every run play they are getting smashed back into the backfield and it screws up everything it screws up the running backs timing because now all of a sudden he's got to make a jump cut as soon as he gets the ball and his momentum's totally stopped he's not getting to build momentum into the line make a cut and get downfield he i mean it screws up everything and Deion lewis was horrendous in this game he looked completely lost he ran the wrong way multiple times like the play was clearly designed to go one way and he just decided to take it another way and ended up losing yardage I I just I don't under this running game is completely broken it's the offensive line it's Deion Lewis I think Derrick Henry played actually really well and they need to start probably giving him some more carries again um which they kind of did, but uh, I would I mean, go he, he even he did, further. He, he was a, he did get one more carry than Deion Lewis, and he got he got about even snaps in this game. Yeah. So the usage was definitely different. But I would l- go even further in favor of Henry this week. Yeah, I, I mean it's alarming to me, and, I, and like we said earlier, uh, we don't know if this is Vrabel, we don't know if this is uh, Lafleur, but the stubborn like refusal to change and adapt the play, the the offensive game plan is unacceptable and i mean i'm not i'm not going to knee-jerk reaction and say oh let's fire you know floor let's do whatever but there needs to be a conversation that's had that says look we got rid of rubisky we got rid of malarkey for exactly this reason they refused to bend on their values on what they thought an offensive of offense in the nfl should look like and this is exactly what's happening right now i mean obviously they're they're in the correct ballpark they have the right ideas but they're not implementing them well on the fly here's the conversation it needs to be Lafleur going into Mike Vrabel's office and saying hey I got this back off I got it if you if you need a fourth down and and run play I'll give you one I'll give you whatever play call you want for the situation you want to run but let me pick the play because I think that's what it is is Vrabel we know that Vrabel is aggressive he wants a if it's fourth and one and it's a certain time he wants a run play. If he's the one calling the fullback play, Lafleur needs to be saying, hey, no, I think we need to do this play. You can have your run on the fourth and one, but let's do this run play. Yeah. And that's the conversation that Lafleur needs to have, and whether he has it or not, if the, the case is is that Lafleur is the one that's getting kind of bullied into calling these dumbass plays. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, and, and it's hard to know because, I yeah. mean, you know, obviously – Based on some comments and kind of putting things together, we can speculate that that Vrabel may be interfering. It also could just be that Lafleur is the guy doing this. Yeah, you know, it's really it, we'll probably never really know the truth. But there's definitely a fine line. There's a line between it's not even really a fine line, but there's a line between being committed to the run, which is not a terrible thing. There are teams that go the other direction like the Packers and Mike McCarthy is notorious for completely abandoning the run, even when they're, you know, in a situation where they don't necessarily have to, they just throw and throw and throw and throw and throw. And it puts Rogers in tough positions because defenses eventually are just going to stop defending the run and pin their ears back and come after you. So there is a balance that has to be struck, but it doesn't have to be when you're down three scores in the fourth quarter and you come out in the fucking wildcat. Right. That That is a stubbornness that was exactly what Malarkey and Rubisky were canned for, like you said. I mean, yeah. it's 
the the stubbornness versus being committed to a somewhat balanced attack. And balance doesn't mean 50-50. Balance can be 70-30. Balance can be 65-35. Whatever it is that you're at least giving them a token threat of, hey, we could run it or we could throw it. You know, just keep them on their toes a little bit. But we don't have to run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, and then throw the ball on third. That that shit drives me insane. I, I know it's been discussed ad well, nauseum, but Lebowski, what do you feel about the Deion Lewis versus Derrick Henry debate now and week after week 12? I the, the only direction I can look for this is that if we're going to have to start, if the t- if the team is going to have to start looking towards what is best for the Titans long term, I really have a hard time believing that Deion Lewis is the long term answer over Derrick Henry, simply based on age and how much more mileage are the Titans going to get out of Lewis, and also what you were saying earlier about moments where Lewis looked a little lost in the run game. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that in just a moment. This is a complete knee-jerk reaction, but I would rather err on the side of having a much bigger athletic running back who hopefully, if he gets comfortable in the run game, is going to start using his size and power to his ability than to lose someone like Henry, watch him ball out on another team, and then we're in the market for a running back two years down the road. Yeah, I, I've bounced back and forth on Henry, um, and I think there's certainly some flaws to his game, but the more I watch this team, the more I feel like if you put Henry on a team with a competent interior offensive line, that guy would just be yes. gashing people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. And, and let me say this, Deion Lewis, I mean, it's getting colder. He's He's gotten more touches pretty much than he ever has almost his whole career, I feel like. And he's averaged less than three yards per carry for seven games. And he last night uh, he was seven for eight and just got thirty three extra yards through the air. So he wasn't even that you know explosive in the passing game. And he has had in uh, in a few games one point eight, one point one four, and even zero point zero yards per carry on a lot of these games. So he's not effective in the run game outside of maybe two games. He's been really effective in the Miami game. And I I think Chargers, yeah. yeah. And to contrast, Henry has only averaged less than three twice to his uh, uh, seven. Seven games, so three, so twice to seven, mm-hmm. and but he's reached over four yards per carry four times. And the one game he averaged, and one of those two games that he averaged less than three yards was the Miami game with the huge touchdown run that was called back. So really, in every game over except for one, he would have been over four yards per carry. You know, <clears throat> there was a stat that was put out today: Derrick Henry runs for a gain on eighty-eight point one percent of his run plays. Deion, which highest is, in the NFL. Yeah, highest in the NFL. And then Deion Lewis is the ninth worst, only gaining positive yardage on nine, or on 18.6 of his run plays. No, he, he, getting a loss on 18.6. Oh, getting a yeah, loss so on 18.6. So he's like 81.4. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, regardless, watching him run on Monday night, I got the impression that he does not trust his offensive line, which, you know, you can argue that that's fair yeah. this year. But – He's playing like a guy who's expecting everything to f- crumble in front of him and that he's going to have to make some Herculean effort. And 
that is not the recipe for a good run game. Yeah. But uh, let's move away from the offense, unless uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up. I just want but. to say how great Marcus has been since the bye. I mean, yeah. seventy eight percent. He's completed seventy eight percent of his passes. Sixty four percent have been less than ten yards, but the league average is around sixty anyway, so it really doesn't matter. He's a one twenty four point five passer rating, six touchdowns, one interception since, since the bye, and nine point six yards per attempt. So. Yeah, he's he's been I, very good. Corey Davis has been very good. Mm-hmm. I I I no longer and this may be the first time I've reached this point. I no longer have any doubts that Corey Davis can be a wide Same. receiver one in the NFL. Right. I, I think he's right. a wide receiver one today, right now, ready to roll. Yep. And if we could get an offense built around. You know, get an offensive line that can protect and create a little bit of a running game. I think Corey Davis could shred. And let's give the ball to Cameron Batson more. That guy's yes, fast. Please. I mean, he's fast please. on every and, every time he touches the ball. This this is a very drove me nuts. Was so, uh, we'll get to Lebowski. I just want to make this one point real quick. Um, that was one of the things that drove me nuts. Is that if you want to take pressure off the quarterback, you do that. You can do that with screens to wide receivers, and yeah. we have Cam Batson who is built for that exact exactly. thing. But Lebowski, please. Uh, Say what you're going to say. So I want to ask this before we move on from the offense, and forgive me if you all have already discussed this, but this question is definitely to Mike. What the hell is going on with Jack Conklin, and is it time to bench him? You know, I actually probably would go ahead and bench him for the rest of the season right now. I, I think he's he's struggling clearly. Now, every almost everyone's going to st- struggle with J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's a... Monster, complete freak. Johnu Smith did great against uh, JJ Watt. <laughs> yeah, that was a great, yeah, great plan there. Leave, leave Johnu Smith one on one with JJ Watt. Awesome. <laughs> that was um, a Wiz and Hunt special. That was the one where I was just like, yeah, just, just screw this. Please get this game off my television. Um, but yeah, I, I think Conklin's struggling. I think Dennis Kelly is playing better than Conklin right now. Um, I think Conklin. He's only 10 months removed from ACL surgery. And despite the fact that people are coming back earlier and earlier from this surgery uh, in 2018, most studies still show that players don't return to like their full physical ability or as close as they're going to get to their full physical ability until two years roughly after the injury. So I don't think you need to talk about a long-term move to guard for Conklin just yet or anything. I think maybe you sit him down for the rest of the year, let him kind of work on that knee, get it get it in good shape, right. enter the offseason healthy. Kelly's playing better anyway, so it's not like you're packing it in for the season or anything. So you get a better result on the field right now. You get him a little bit of rest, a little bit of momentum into the offseason. Let him actually train for the offseason and then come back to right tackle and, and roll. And, and people forget not only is it a new system that 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 – that he's learning, yeah. he didn't get to learn it on the field. Yeah, he I got mean, no and we're talking training he, camp. I he didn't, didn't think start about that. full contact practice and being through run-throughs to what week two, I think week, week three. Two, yeah, he started. So to I mean, get out there. he's way behind everybody yes. else. Yeah, I didn't it, think about that. The pe- oh. Those people, people who are wanting to bench Conklin just because he sucks. Yeah, don't don't get the intricacies of the game. Yes, he is playing bad, but it's not a. It's not something long term that we should have to worry about as Titans fans. Yeah, that's the that's the exact point I wanted to bring up. Is because this is not a Malcolm Butler Sims conversation. This is not just let's throw somebody else out there 
because this guy sucks. He needs to sit. Let's put someone else out there. <laughs> I don't like that theory. I, I, what I want is Dennis Kelly is sitting on the bench, and when he has been on the field, he has played better than Conklin. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and at this point, if, if Conklin, it, whatever it is, sit him, make him understand this is not permanent. This is so you can get your head screwed on straight. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is that's going on, get your head screwed on straight. Dennis Kelly is playing better. You got to do what's best for the team. This isn't some farcical argument. It, it's Kelly is playing better than Conklin. And to watch Conklin turn himself into a turnstile, uh, I mean, it, it almost makes me want Michael Orr back. It's like, what the no, hell's no, going on out there? No. What, you think I play bad or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I will add on to that. That uh, that Conklin, it's not just a physical thing of getting back to a physical peak with that knee. It's also a trusting that knee thing. It's a mental obstacle as well. Yeah. And uh, and I mean we've we've said everything I think we need to say. And on that. Frank, frankly, I worry about Conklin's confidence too. Yeah. If you consider continue to leave him out there to get beat like a drum, I mean he could, that could get in his head long term. I mean I I think like you said, if you sit him down, tell him look. Hey, dude, it's nothing personal. We still think you're going to be a great player for us long term, but we've got to get Dennis Kelly in there, you know, let you get back into physical condition, and then we'll try to get you back out there as soon as you're ready. But yeah, and I mean, he's, he, I'm sure he's a competitor. I'm sure he's going to hate that and oh, yeah. it'll, it'll drive him nuts, but I think it, it'll probably be best for uh, everybody in the long term. I agree. Uh, but let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about that piss poor run defensive effort that we <sighs> we just made Lamar Miller look like uh, vintage Adrian Peterson. I mean, at yeah. least we're going to lose at least a woman in my fantasy <laughs> game oh, of the week. Yeah. That's all that I care yeah. about. I mean, at that point, yeah. I, I mean the whole the holes that this offensive line were were making two injured guards. I mean the 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 guards they didn't even know that started for them if they were even going to play. That's how injured they were. And the holes that they open and the run lanes and the and the explosiveness that he got past that first line of defense was insane. Yeah. I think that was definitely I know the the we hate the Buffalo Bills game and the the run game there. But that was just them running out of necessity. Mm-hmm. The the these guys could do whatever they wanted, and I think this was the worst run game showing that we've had all year oh, by far. Easily. I think they rushed for 281 yards or something yeah. like that. And so even if you take out God. the ridiculous 97-yard run, that is still a shitty run I mean, run Alfred Blue's showing. getting, you know, 10-yard chunk plays yeah. here and there. I mean, it, even it he was, looked good. It was awful. and um, right. you, it, it was you pathetic. Get- you give up that 97-yard play, we still almost gave up 200 yards on the ground. Exactly. That That is tremendously bad. Um, and, and it's weird because the Titans' run defense had been so much better ever since, what, probably the – Probably the Buffalo the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah, probably the Buffalo game. I guess that was probably the last really game. it wasn't really bad at the Baltimore game. No, back, yeah, yeah uh, Collins didn't really do anything, yeah. and then the Chargers didn't do anything. Zeke didn't do anything. I mean, the, the Titans' yeah. run defense was on a roll coming in, into this game, so I didn't even – the thought didn't even cross my mind that Lamar Miller was going to gash us. Right. And yeah. – I was absolutely shocked to see that. He looked like a totally – he looked like a legit running back one. It reminded me of the Lamar Miller-Miami game when yeah. Dan Campbell took over for the team a couple oh, of years ago. God. He looked great then, too. It's just like he he just – for whatever reason last night, he looked like he hadn't played a game in about five weeks, and he was just fresh as hell. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't making a lot of people miss. Well, I can't in, correct in you because you're not wrong. Game, right? uh, I mean, there was a couple, there was but a couple, I don't know that they were great. It was mostly open either. running lanes yeah. where he was sprinting down the field, which is what he does yeah. best. Yeah. If you make if you make him try to make people miss, he's not going to do it. He's no. not a LaShawn McCoy. He's no. not going to juke you out of your cleats. He is a sprinter, and he's always been a sprinter. Yeah. And if he has the lanes, you're going to get worked, and yeah. that's what happened. Exactly. And so I don't, I don't know why there were lanes when there weren't before. But I, I haven't really gotten into the defense tape yet. But the, the two things I noticed live, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more here in a minute. Brian Arakpo looked old as shit all of a sudden fuck he looks so bad that run when deshaun watson kept it around the end and arakpo was trying to keep up with him and and i don't think it was arakpo's responsibility to set the edge on that play so i don't think he was necessarily responsible but the old arakpo you would have seen him close and at least force watson out of bounds given the angle that he was starting from yeah and he didn't even get within like three yards of him i mean he looked old and slow and broken down and I think he's at the end of the road I think Woodyard slowed down a little bit he was having trouble getting off some blocks and that was kind of a sudden slowdown too because he's looked pretty fast and pretty good these last few weeks I thought I, I think see I think Woodyard's been less noticeable as far as like in a good way than he was the last two years I, I think Last year, I, I specifically remember seeing plays where Woodyard shooting a gap and making a tackle for a loss. Like, I think the Seahawks game, he had like two or three of those. And I can remember specific plays that Woodyard was just like, wow, look, look at Woodyard. But, you know, he's, he's had a few sacks and he's done okay as a pass rusher. But I don't see him making a whole lot of plays at least not wow plays anymore. And, and maybe he's just slowing down just a step. Um, but I, I think that combined with Arakpo getting old and they were running right at Arakpo when they really got the run game going in that, uh, first or second quarter, they were going right at Arakpo every play. Yeah. So what, what was your guy's opinion of the, uh, pass defense? They, they didn't really was need there it. One? Yeah. They didn't really need it. So we didn't see a lot uh, of that, I, but I mean, I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but these last two weeks and I, I'm. Dory has not looked good. And now there was a play that he did break up uh, that was deep, I think, to DeAndre or maybe it was to uh, Kiki. It was Kuti. to Hopkins. Was it yeah. to Hopkins? That he finally got his head around and actually made a play. His problem has been his head His his these last two weeks. He's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the defender. I, I don't know why he just started doing this all of a sudden. And I thought his coverage uh, in the Colts game was actually better than probably what he – got credit for stats wise i know the stats were absolutely awful he was like nine of nine for 171 and two touchdowns or something crazy but uh, a lot of that was andrew luck just being out of his mind and ty hilton making some really good plays but yeah he's i, I think adoree's still playing okay um he had the demarius thomas the first touchdown i have no idea what Adori was doing because he he acted like he was trying to get over top of Thomas to make the play instead of undercutting that when he probably could have undercut it and had a better chance to make a play on the ball. But um, I, I still think there's some technique things with Adori that probably aren't quite there. But athletic athleticism wise, you can definitely see he's fast. I mean, the play the long Lamar Miller run, uh, as painful as that was. 
Adoree Jackson closed about 10 yards on him in about 50 yards. Mm. So I think he he went about 50 yards while Lamar Miller went 40 yards, both running full speed, because he, he nearly caught him. Not a, and not only full speed, someone pointed this out on the, like, 82 seconds of the midday one act here today, but uh, Adoree was basically at a full stop and then almost caught up with him. Yeah. So, it, you know, just looking at a single piece of athleticism, that, that was really impressive to see. I, and he had to I run around Vicaro. <laughs> the Titans, uh, I think the pass defense was average last night. It's I don't know, it's it's tough to gauge. I think you got to look a little bit at the individual performances, which Dory's was a little rough. You know, th- there were some rough spots. I think they were average last night, giving, what did they give up, 210 yards in the air? But at the same time, it's like, how do you quantify that based on the fact that we got gouged, the Titans got gouged for 280 yards rushing, right? So, you know, how much of that contributed to the fact that the Texans didn't have to go to the air that much because every time they handed the ball to Miller, you know, just get 10 and 15 yard chunks. So, I don't know. Yeah. Mike, uh, did you. Am I remembering this correctly? Did you uh, you watched a little of the pass rush and said that Landry looked good? Yeah, is, is that all right? I thought Landry was active. I think he ended up being credited credited with a half sack. Um, he also had a quarterback hit on Watson. Um, I saw him in the backfield multiple times, moving Watson off the spot. I, I thought he was active and around. Now Landry. Ever since probably the Eagles game has been getting a lot of attention from defenses. People pretty much leave Arakpo and Morgan alone, and Correa for that matter, alone on the other side. And they are chipping the Landry side almost every time to try to take away that speed rush. Which has been effective because Landry still doesn't quite have the speed to power, the spin move, or the the you know kind of inside counters that he needs to build off of you can see him trying stuff and he's maybe getting a little bit better he's showing a little bit more power but I think an off season of strength work could do him some good but I, I thought Landry played pretty well overall. John Brown had another good game too yeah Jayon Brown had another good game I thought Rashawn Evans had a good game he's he shows up he made a huge stop on a third and one uh run play where he Thumped uh, Miller in the hole. He also had a stop on Watson on a third down that kept him short of the first down marker. So yeah. I think, you know, you see Evans making some plays. You see Landry making some plays. I think there's reason for hope with these young guys because Evans, Landry, Brown, that's the core of your front seven, you know, for the yeah. foreseeable future. I mean, those those guys are guys that you want to build around, and they're they're starting to make some plays, which is encouraging, but – you know, they, they need to make more, no, and, and they need to play more. And that's that's an excellent point, and I do want I – want, I want the listeners who are tuning into this to, to know that I, I think overall, especially the defense, is it's, it's a positive trend, even though we're going through – the Titans are going through some rough losses. It's, this is one of the – to me, I, I think this is one of the better types of – Titans defenses that we've seen, or at least the core that we have that can build towards something greater. And, uh, and I think we're on the cusp of turning that corner with the defense, especially of, of them really becoming a good elite core. I, there's some fundamental stuff to work out there, but 
for sure. I think we're I think we're close. I, I kind of want to want to circle to something real quick before we head to the Jets game. Um, the collapsed lung thing. I don't buy it. I don't buy that Deshaun Watson in Week Five had a collapsed lung. I think they're full of shit. <laughs> I think I don't think he had an injury because he didn't miss any time. He went out there and he's been getting it blown up still. So I think they're full of shit. I think we need to look into this. Yeah. <laughs> Put a your little, conspiracy uh, caps on. Yeah. Collapse lung gate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just tag a gate just, on anything. Just hashtag, hashtag, get, well, hashtag that. We'll just get it going. Let's talk about Jetsgate and uh, <sighs> the game coming up. It's every game from now on. I think Mike uh, touched on this in one of his articles is a must win. We have to win in order to have any wild card hope. And I only think we have two games that are giving me left, and they're not going to be really that big of gimmies, but. I mean, Jacksonville and Washington are the only two teams that don't have a quarterback that I think we're going to win. I, uh, or, I think got, everything else is very tempting to lose. The, the problem is that those two teams both have defenses that could make life a living hell and create turnovers on and, you know yeah. one defensive touchdown and all of a sudden the game could be flipped on its head. So Yeah, I mean, you double Corey and then you stack the box and you make Michael Pruitt and Cam Batson beat you. Yeah, Yeah, so it's... I don't think there's any such thing as a gimme for this team. This is a team that lost to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So, yeah. I, right. you know, I, I'm, I, that's why I kind of feel like it's a very long shot for this team to make the playoffs. They essentially have to show up five weeks in a row, and we haven't been, been able to get this team to show up for more than like two weeks in a row um, all season. So they, they need to put together – a run of competent play. Now the they're going to play the probably four of the five worst quarterbacks that they're going to play all year over the next four games. So um, they have a chance to make a run, but yeah, it's going to take in the, you know, four of the five are at home. So there, there's some, some things in the Titans favor, but it, they can't afford one loss. No. The the Jets game is the perfect game to try something new with the offensive line. If we're gonna if we're gonna shift people around, this is the offensive line or this is the defensive line to do it against. Because while the yes they have Leonard Williams, you could still scheme and they don't have anybody else. You could still scheme for Leonard Williams, but it is a um, it's definitely if you're gonna do it, do it this game. Don't wait and do it at the Jacksonville game because that is going to get get you fucked up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That'll get you fucked up. Yeah. 100%. yeah. I I would agree. I would actually consider starting Levin and Kelly. And I know Levin played really bad <laughs> against the Chargers, but it can't be that much worse than what Klein has played right. the last several weeks now. Right. And, I'd consider at least getting Levin a shot in there and see, you know, if he's overwhelmed, just slide Klein back in there and we'll just deal with it. But mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't even notice that Klein went back out there if, no. if Levin plays, you know, just as bad or worse. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you give him a shot. I mean, he's shown flashes at least in the preseason. I think he also showed flashes of pretty bad play in the preseason at times. So. He's he's a little uneven right now, but give the young guy a shot. He, I mean, like like I said, he can't be that much worse than what Klein's yeah, giving Inconsistent defi- would yeah. be better than consistently bad. This yeah. is a definitely a team we should win because we have favorable matchups all over the field. 
But even if we do win and we win in dominant fashion, don't get sucked back into this team. Just just don't because you're going to get your heart broken. And everybody's <laughs> going to get so hype off this Jets game if we win that the, come the Jacksonville game, we're all just going to be heartbroken, I feel like. So p- just don't get sucked in. Yeah. With that in mind. Uh, no, Mike, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say that's why this is not this is not throwing in the towel, but I'm just I'm not concerned about the playoffs anymore. I'm not. If if it happens, great. But all I want to see this team do is build and get better. And if it happens to mean that they stumble into the playoffs, great. But if they finish the season better than what I saw last night, I actually will be happy with that. I am not one of those that came into the season thinking that it was playoffs or bust for us this year. I, I, I still think that that's a bit of a ridiculous take. They are wrong. I am not happy to see the Titans give up infuriating losses to teams like the Bills to play the way the team played last night to completely and utterly spray the bed with shit against Baltimore. <laughs> I, I, those are the things I don't like seeing, but if the team finishes off better than what we all had to watch last night. I'm actually okay with that. And, and furthermore, I agree. Let's make some changes on the line. Turn the Jets game into the Derrick Henry show. Why not? Just throw it yeah. out. Let's see what happens. We give him 80% of the snaps. You know, just let's see what we got. If if the postseason chances are now below 15%, this is the time to quote unquote get cute. But let's get cute and do it with something that maybe we can build towards. Be a bunch of cutie buys. Yeah, let's get cute, guys. Uh, with with an eye towards uh, next year in the future, Mike wanted to talk about the offseason. Well, real quick, I was going to say two things about the Jets game. We all would rather face Sam Darnold, right, than Josh McCown? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Um, there is Isaiah Corral, is he playing? I have, really haven't kept up with he the has. Jets. Yeah, he's been playing. So he runs. He's very pretty, inconsistent. Yeah, he's very inconsistent. But this team, after the run defense performance that we saw last week, I'm a little scared of Isaiah Corral because he has had these big blow up games. So I think if we stopped him, and especially if Sam Darnold's playing, and forced them to throw it, I think we can really have a big game from Kevin Byard. And and I think that definitely on this game, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go 35-24 Titans. And I want to say this about Marcus real quick. If he plays like he did last week all the way rest of the season, I don't want to hear anything about Marcus all offseason about if he's a franchise quarterback. I will be convinced. Everybody else will be con- should be convinced because last night, if he builds upon that and keeps it going, we, we have our answer. Because this is not a great team, and we've wasted his rookie contract – Keep not surrounding him with great teams. If he shows his consistency like he has from last night on, then I think we can at least breathe happy knowing that. And and that, to me, is the best I, uh, thing that you can say about LaFleur right now. Because, yes, you may in disagree with individual play calls and things like that, but his primary yes. job when he got here was make Marcus Mariota better. That, I mean, that was the reason Malarkey was, was fired, ultimately, was he's not optimizing the talent around Marcus Mariota. He's not building around Marcus Mariota. That's the reason Wizenhunt was fired back in the day. So, LaFleur is seeing Mariota make some of the best strides of his career right now. 
that that enough if we can build on that like you said Zach over the last five games that to me is absolutely worth seeing a year two from LaFleur and Mariota five more games Corey Davis only needs 300 something more yards actually a little bit under 300 to get a thousand yards and he's at five touchdowns I, I I mean like you said earlier this is our number one receiver let's root at least for Marcus we want to root for wins but let's be realistic Let's root for Marcus to be consistent and root for Corey Davis to get a little bit over a thousand. I want him to get at least 1,100 now yeah. because I I want defenses to be scared of Corey Davis. Yeah. Lebowski, did you want to add something? I was just going to say, I, I don't I don't even need another game out of Marcus to know it. He's our franchise quarterback. I mean, last night sold it for me. Uh, not, not that I needed last night to see it. I was feeling this way anyway, but he's our guy. I, and I think that's all there is to it. Uh, Mike, you wanted to talk about the offseason? Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, obviously with last night's game, the division is out of reach. Now we're basically competing with the Dolphins, Bengals, Colts, Broncos, you know, the kind of. So it's such, they're, every division has a five and six team yeah, you know, on the AFC side. Basically the, the mediocre middle of the uh, AFC for that last playoff spot. We're losing the tiebreaker to literally every single one of that group right now. So the odds of us making the playoffs are relatively rare. So I, I think a lot of fans are probably ready to start at least eyeballing the 2019 offseason and what we can do to build on what we've seen from Vrabel, LaFleur, and in this group in 2018. And just a few things, the cap room, you know, the the bad news here is the Colts and the Texans are both in the top seven in the NFL in cap room. The Colts have somehow, I have no idea how this works out, $123 million of cap room. It's because they, they got no names and rookies. They, I mean, they just got a bunch of rookies. That's they they basically have Andrew Luck uh, and T.Y. Hilton, and then everyone else is on rookie contracts. Yeah. So um, the Colts are going to get better, and they're going to be a real problem as long as Andrew Luck is healthy. Um, the Texans, Good for them. Hope he gets a paper cut to <laughs> the stupid book club. <laughs> The uh, Texans are also going to be a problem. They have $68 million of cap room. Um, that's, you know, the Deshaun Watson being on a rookie contract deal. Um, so they've got plenty of money to build around that core, too, and probably throw money at uh, that offensive line again. But um, the Titans have a fair amount of cap room. They've got some big decisions to make, though. Like, obviously, I think – Mariota's the biggest one. We've talked about that a little bit. We don't need to get into that conversation here because that's a whole you know deep dive at some point. But um, whether they extend him this offseason or not, he'll be back next year. It just we'll see what the numbers come in at whenever they get to that point. Um, Kevin Byard's going to be doing extension this offseason. Um, they're going to have to pay him in the, like, $12 million a year range minimum. I wouldn't be – yeah, I was about to say minimal. He's worth it. Yeah. And he's worth it. It's a good problem to have, but that rookie contract's basically over. He's heading into the last year of his deal next year. Wouldn't that mean that Jayon is going to have to get extended too? Yeah, Jayon will be right there uh, knocking on the door I think they're the same draft, too. right? They – no. No? Jayon was the year after okay. Bayard, so he's got another year before he'd be looking at. 
um, an extension. But yeah, Bayard Bayard's really the big one. I mean, theoretically, Henry, if Henry just lit the world on fire of these last five games, you could maybe look at an extension for Henry. But I I, I highly doubt it right now, given the fact that they were reportedly shopping him uh, right before the trade deadline. But um, here's the list of guys that are expiring. Just let let me know which guys would you bring back. We'll just go like rapid fire here. Um, Brian or Akpo? No. Mm, yeah, nope. I, I wouldn't either. I think he's no. washed. Uh, Derek Morgan. I I wouldn't. I, I read your article. I, I personally wouldn't. I would just totally get them all out of there. With with Finch and uh, and Landry and everybody, Correa. And uh, the, and the free fine. agency class is pretty good on the outside linebacker spot. And then you also have the draft is pretty loaded with it. I would just move on from both. Yeah. The draft is super loaded. If if you could, if you wanted to go into the draft saying we're going to take an edge rusher, we're probably going to take an edge rusher in one of the first two picks. I say you don't sign either one of them back yeah. and go with the young guys. Um, Kenny Vaccaro, bring the, him back. I would. Yeah. That's one of the interesting questions because obviously Cyprian's still under contract. I wouldn't bring Cyprian back. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you could save some money by cutting Cyprian, but you know, I, I guess it, the question is: Is Crookshank ready to be your third safety in year two? I would hope so. Um, side, side note: Is there a reason why he was a healthy scratch at the last minute? Uh, did, it, did we ever figure I, that out today? I don't think it was a healthy scratch. I think they had a. Uh, I think they put a knee injury down. Oh, did they? Because he yeah. wasn't injured the whole week. No. Yeah, and I, I, I think they were going to yeah. ask Vrabel about that, but I don't know if they ever got to it in the press conference yeah, today because there were so many questions yeah. about the fullback dive with the <laughs> third string tight end. Um, Quentin Spain. Yeah, I'd bring yeah, him back, bring I back. think. Here, here's the question with me with Spain, and I brought Depends this up in the much. article. The tight, is Spain going to want to come back? I mean, ultimately, you can pay him enough to where he probably will, Yeah, but – the last offseason, the Titans basically spent the whole time just spitting in his face. They tendered yeah. him the lowest level of uh, restricted free agent tender with Which a was so first rider. So refers- odd to me. It, it worked it out. Worked. There, that's the thing. It worked. It, it worked. So I mean, it, it's it's fine. But they did that. They didn't extend him. They could have extended him instead of giving him this uh, restricted rights, you know, tender. They extended Klein instead, who has been pretty clearly inferior to Spain for uh, I think the you, past the two years. The technical term is dog shit. <laughs> yes, yeah. So they, they give Klein a bunch of money, and then they sign two other guys, Kevin Pamphiel and uh, um, Xavier Suofilo, to come in and directly compete for Spain's spot. Yeah. So I Lots would of not— disrespect. I would not blame Quentin Spain for walking into John Robinson's office whenever he offers him a contract, if he does— this offseason going, you, you know can't what? afford this. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to go play somewhere else next year that wants me. And he'd be totally justified in saying that. I'm a strong, independent left guard. I don't need no. <laughs> don't need no man. Don't need no tender. But I, I think I think there's a non-zero chance that Spain just says, no, I'm not I'm not coming back here. I hope not. I hope uh, he likes Luan a lot. I hope so, too. I, and I would like to have Spain back if they can get him. Yeah. Uh, Luke Stocker. Nah, yeah, that's all right. Nah, fine. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Bud. I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm fine. 
I'm moving on. I, in fact, I would prefer to go ahead and see more Michael Pruitt and Anthony Furcher snaps from here on out. Of course like, you would. You love Furcher. Oh, I love Furcher. He, all he does is catch passes. Yep. All he does <laughs> like is catch Deontay passes. like the Deontay Burnett of tight ends. He's a garbage he time hero. He's open. He catches the ball. He's a garbage time Every hero. Every time. I, I, I would. <laughs> I'm. You know what? I'm going to go, go do some research in get his per snap productivity and compare it to the rest of the tight ends in the NFL. But context, I bet he's, bro, I bet context. he's way, <laughs> no, no, garbage no, time no context, context, no context. I don't have room for context with Anthony. Berger. No room for it. Oh um, Lord. Kevin Pomfiel. Yeah. I'd probably bring him back. Cause he'd probably be he's cheap. injured, right? He, yeah. 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 Torn biceps. Yeah. I'd, I'd say we'd bring him back. Yeah. He's a great utility lineman. Kendrick Lewis. No fucking way. No. Um, Sorry, Benny, Log- Benny Logan, no way. No, he's he's behind Darius Kilgo in snap counts now. Yeah, so. well, I mean, what, I mean, why can't uh, this and Sylvester Williams? What we, is what is up with nose tackles and John John Robinson? We cannot get a That's nose not tackle. A specialty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Austin Johnson's playing fine. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about it, but it's weird. Uh, Brendan Trawick. Nah. I mean, how much is he going mean, to cost? Yeah, I mean, I let's be honest. Yeah. Bring him back. Yeah. What's it, it going to hurt? It's a, if it's a dollar, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the rest of these guys probably fall under that category. Will Compton, Nate Palmer. Um, one, uh, how about this? Uh, Will Compton's a funny fucker. I hope he comes back just for Twitter purposes. <laughs> David Fluellen. No. Fuck no? Him. no? I don't know why you hate David Fluellen. Because he serves no purpose. He doesn't do anything. He's, he's, he's a special teams player. He's, he's Antonio been, Andrews. He's been pretty great two, two preseasons okay, let's, in a no, row. Okay, preseason. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> he just let's, hates flu season. Here, here's he the thing. He let's, just let's hates cut, hashtag flu season. Let's cut Fluellen, and let's draft a running back in the third. I mean, I'd go as high as third, but in that third to fifth round range, and just find one like everybody else seems to fucking do in those rounds. Henry Insurance. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not totally opposed to that. But what's the problem with bringing him back for a cheap deal, drafting a running? Because he's taking up a roster spot for someone camp. that's going to be a hundred times better. No, he's not. Not on a ninety man roster. Well, I mean, he's, he's got. He's a special teamer. So anyways. what? Now we got to run a charity for uh, fat <laughs> running backs. He's not. He's fat. not fat, dude. He's not Jeez. fat. He, uh, David Fluellen is cut, and I won't stand for these fat <laughs> accusations. Fat shaming David Fluellen. I haven't heard of such. My God, what has this podcast turned into? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I got, my, I got my flu shot last is, week. Is so. David Fluellen going to rip this podcast apart? <laughs> he is. He's, he's going to be our uh, find out next uh, week. Huxley's Yoko. a better running back than oh. David Fluellen. Oh, get out of here. Um all right, so here's here's a, a sneaky extension candidate. What do you do with Logan Ryan? Do you have to extend him? You don't have to. He's he's on a ten million dollar deal for next year, but then he expires after two thousand nineteen. I do like him a lot. I like him a lot. I think he just just chill. I like yeah, just chill, just relax. I like him as yeah. a lot as a person. I think he's been a yeah. underrated cornerback. He's perfect for the role that he's in currently, and I don't think that. That defensive backfield is really going to change much. Let's let's not muddy the waters getting into contract negotiations. Let's let's let it play out naturally. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's like a girlfriend saying, "Hey, when are you going to uh, propose?" Uh, I mean, let's just yeah. let's just let it let it happen naturally. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll propose yeah, when I'm ready. But if she's but if she's asking the question, 
what are you going to propose? There's no playing that out naturally for there. She is going to be in your shit every three months talking to her girlfriends about, do you think he has a ring yet? I don't know if his parents like me. He hasn't bought me a car. What are we moving in together? He might be gay. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there any more? I'm sorry. That whole thing went off the rails. What were we talking about? No, so, uh, Logan Ryan. Yeah, just chill. Just Logan's chill. Roadhouse. Yeah, no, fuck Logan's Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. Cut, let's Logan's cut Roadhouse. Logan's Roadhouse and pay Logan Ryan all the money that we save in cutting Logan's Roadhouse. I'm fine with it. Um, I, if that truck that they're trying to give away in each end zone were to fall and crush the Logan's Roadhouse <laughs> during a game, I would give it a good standard ovation. <laughs> I am still chewing on all a piece. the chaos and blood and kids uh, asking for their child or mom. Where's mommy? Uh, she's under Logan's Roadhouse. Um, I'm still chewing took, on a piece of brisket from Logan Trogaus that I ate in 2014. So, um, but you anyways, brisket at a Logan's Roadhouse. Yeah, it was a bad mistake. All right, I'm still dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a bad mistake, Michael. <laughs> it's almost it's almost as big a mistake as not re-signing Logan Ryan. Uh, um, I thought you were going to go with fourth and two. <laughs> <laughs> dive. I could have. I could. I'm not as good at transitions as you are, Keith. Um, a few guys that could be cap cap savings dudes. Uh, Cyprian, you could save five point two five million by cutting him. Cut him or no? Cut him. Cut him and or then let him go through the waiver and then pick him back up for cheaper. Yeah. Or you, or you could just renegotiate to yeah. lower his cap number. Yeah, maybe. I think that's what I would hopefully do. You could maybe talk to him about playing some inside linebackers, like a dimebacker or something like that. Kind of like what Mark Barron did. Yeah. 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 Um. Josh Klein. <laughs> Cut him. Cut his ass. Send him to the sun. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Fire, him the sun. Fire him into the sun. Fire him into the sun. I don't even want him on Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this was this was supposed to be our fire him into the sun power rankings. Fire yeah. him into the fucking sun. And I hope he holds that fourth Brought one to you by Tesla. fullback belly dive that they called. Right and it us. goes with him. <laughs> So they could save uh, $3.25 million in cap room by cutting him. The, the you know, it was a mistake to extend him by Robinson, obviously, at this point. But the good news is he actually did structure the contract in a way that he can get out of it without a, it being a big yeah. issue. Um, so they could, actually could move on after this year and just Boys. do basically like you they know did what? Sylvester Williams and don't say, fire hey, we to, fucked up. Don't Sorry. fire him to the sun. Send him to work at a Logan's Roadhouse. Okay, that's that's more worse punishment. Yes, that's like being fired into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, his buddy Ben Jones? I think at this point you can find better better centers out there. Uh, probably cut him. You'd save four is, and is a half expiring? million. No, you'd no. He's heading into his last year okay. of his deal, but you'd save four and a half million by cutting him. Yeah, I'll, I'll save four and a half million. <laughs> <laughs> Four and a half million sounds pretty good over a... Send him uh, to Logan's Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Logan's Roadhouse. <laughs> a family establishment. Ugh. Gross. Um, <laughs> gross families. <laughs> what about uh, Wesley Woodyard? Oh, boy. Hey, he's more of an Applebee's guy. You can send him to Applebee's. What, what are our savings on this? Uh, we would save his entire contract, which is $3.5 He's got no guaranteed money. You know, you know, really, that's enough to keep him. I'd bring him back for 3 yeah. million. I would, too. I, w- I would make sure that he's a backup. Yeah. I he, wouldn't be starting him. He would be a rotational guy behind Evans and Brown. Yeah, he's such me. a good leader, and, and, a, yeah. and he's a good story to have yeah. around, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
How about Dion Lewis? This is actually one that cut him. You, yeah, I, I'm here to tell you. I think I think he should just cut him and 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 only because I think Derrick Henry is just you can form an offense around Derrick Henry. I, I think I think Dion Lewis is a nice story, but there's a reason the Patriots didn't bring him back at all. Didn't even attempt to. They 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 know stuff up in the Patriots. They they tend to know, they know you know things. players. They drink and they know things. Yeah, so. I, I like that he's a versatile player, but I don't like him at his contract anymore. So, but question, you're, you've already said you want to get rid of Fluellen. <laughs> yeah. You also want to get rid of Deion Lewis. So, Dalen Dawkins. Who else is going to play running back for the Titans? Well, we, we draft one. Yeah. And let's look at the free agents. Oh, God. don't Please don't, don't tell me we're going to sign Le'Veon Bell. Oh, no. No, no, no. You, you Listen, go on you to know, your next one, and we'll come back to this because I wasn't really ready for that question. Yeah, I All mean, right. you know, we we still got Luke Stalker. I mean, he he had a carry the <laughs> other night. Yeah, he is averaging zero yards per carry on the season, which is he's uh, technically a runner. He had a carry. <laughs> um, so here here's my thoughts on Deion Lewis. I don't want to take away any weapons from this offense. Yeah, it is it is. Well, sparse, the good news is you're not sparse on weapons. Mark Ingram. <laughs> Unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Bilal Pyle. Unrestricted free <laughs> Bilal. agent. Spencer Ware. Yeah. None of these guys are. TJ Yeldon. Yeah. All uh, these guys are just like oh. worse Derrick Henrys. I'm wanting a different skill set. Yeldon could be a little something different. What about. Let's see. I don't know. I'm not liking any of these options. Ty Montgomery. Cheap. No. He's cheaper. Mr. Fumble it, Mr. I'm bringing it out the end zone because I think I'm the best. Do you need a different skill set? I mean, also that man's been yes. hurt constantly. Well, because Derrick Henry's not a pass catcher. This offense needs He's, a back that can catch he passes. Catches passes. I don't well, understand he, this this there, so, false narrative. No, no, there is a difference between the ability to catch the ball and being a pass catching running back. He can't run he can't routes. Run routes. Yeah, He's That's not a the route problem. <laughs> It takes him thirteen. <laughs> it ter- takes him thirteen steps to slow down to a stop. Okay, what about Corey Grant or T.J. Yeldon or Spencer Ware? No, Spencer Ware can. Do none it. of these guys and are better be- than Deion Lewis. Spencer no. Ware is yeah. better than Deion no. Lewis. Let no. me tell you that right now. Spencer Ware is uh, definitely better than. This Deion is recency Lewis. bias. This what is recency, recency bias. bias? Spencer Ware is definitely good. And recency bias is really the only bias that matters because that's the only thing he's done lately. It sucks. It's one game. Oh, no. It's more than one game. I've read the stats already. <laughs> listen, listen. If Go if, back and listen. All right, put Deion Lewis behind the Kansas City O-line and tell me that there's a dramatic difference. He wouldn't even see the fucking field. Okay. Okay. All right. Is, is that it for offseason talk? Is that a hype joke? Um, so, no. so here's, here's the overarching question. What's the big move that you make, or what's your big plan Golden to Tate. fix the team in the offseason? Golden Tate's my plan. Golden Tate. You're going to get Well, I've, I've been Pope told John all damn Paul day II. that wide, wide receivers don't really fucking matter. They don't make a difference. Hey, shopping carts. Shopping yeah, carts, exactly. So they, they don't matter. <laughs> what's funny to me is the people who say that, oh, if we would have you know traded for a wide receiver, it wouldn't really matter. It wouldn't have made a difference. But we definitely need to sign this wide receiver in the offseason because okay. it'll make all no, the difference no, in the let, world. Let, let, let it let doesn't make wait, 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 the, Decide. Okay, decide. Okay. Pick right, a lane and right. stay in it. All right. So I, I think we should that trade That wasn't my entire I know, I know, but poor. this is, this is <laughs> attacking Big <laughs> yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I'm being, I'm being attacked here. <laughs> so, uh, no, 
trading for Golden Tate would not have made a fucking difference in the Colts or Texans game. We still would have it lost both have. those. No, we couldn't have. Could we have. lost by know. that's a definitive statement. We, we lost by twenty four points and seventeen points. Is he worth? 17 points. But maybe they don't get the pressures and the interception. Uh, and the I think game his goal-giving blocking Then what now? good is he going to be next year? Well, he's he's a piece. He's not yeah. the solution. You have to fix that O-line first. And then the, the problem the problem with trading at the trade deadline. you got to fix that O-line first. I guess. Yes. O-line's yes. got to be fixed first. And the problem with trading at the trade deadline, if you're not a team that is like a player away is you're giving up future capital for a rent a player that's not going to fix the problems that you've got. I mean, how shitty would it have been to give up a third round pick for Golden Tate, not go to the playoffs, and then still have to sign him again when we could have just sat on the sidelines, waited for him to not get re-signed and signed him anyways and had him next and year. And we could just draft another Taewon Taylor. <laughs> and hey, we get a yeah, third round pick for just sitting around. Yeah, Not to mention... Golden Tate's in the locker room the whole time, stirring up shit, looking for a player's wife to sleep with. Like, <laughs> the dude's a cancer. He's a drama queen. I, I, I kind of want him here. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think you Come go free agent wide receiver. You're going to draft a wide receiver. So I think you bring in two new wide receivers at, at some point. And then I think you're going to have to go free agent offensive lineman all the way. And hopefully find some hidden in the r- gym, hidden in diamond in the rough, diamond in the diamond rough, in the uh, rough. Uh, guard or center prospect in the draft. And I think you are probably going to have to look at defensive tackle help and outside linebacker help in both the draft and free agency. I think those are our positions positions of needs. I'd go offensive line. I'd go first off. I'd go wide receivers. You think offense? You think wide receivers a bigger need than offensive we, line? We we need to surround no. Marcus with weapons. No, it doesn't matter if he can't. He doesn't have time. If he doesn't have time to throw it to they, him. They create time. The more weapons you have, it can create time because you have more people that have to be covered. Yeah, but you're not pushing those safety have, back. But, but, we but have when they're, they're, getting, they're getting pressure with four, though. That's the problem. We, we've teams always, don't have to blitz us. Yeah, but we've always spent money on the offensive line. We've never spent money on surrounding Marcus with tools. It still has gotten us nowhere spending money but, on the offensive line and throwing money out there. Andrew Luck has we, a great offensive line, and he's throwing to Ryan Grant and Zach Paschal, and he's making it look easy. The, the offensive line matters but I think, so much more. But they also – you. He's also done that for years. I mean, Andrew Luck is a transcendent player with or without offensive line. He is still making shitty wide receivers that we've never heard of look good. But you can't compare Andrew Luck and Marcus Mario. Why not? If he's a franchise quarterback, there's a difference between being an elite quarterback and a franchise quarterback. Well, he needs to be. He needs to be able to elevate the the play of the wide receivers, and I think he can. But I think he's got to have some offensive line help to do it. I, I, I say we've wasted Marcus so far for four years by not giving him anybody to throw to, just giving him second-rate talent. I think we need to push hard and get some talent there. Lebowski? I, so we need to go max protect on Mariota and let him throw to who he's already got. Have we not sat here arguing all season that about Corey Davis and should they have spent a first-round pick on him? And Zach, did you not say earlier in the podcast that he is now worth the first round? Yeah, but you need him? more. That's your weapon. Yeah, that's one weapon. That's your weapon. You got Delaney Walker coming it's back. One weapon. Look at look at teams out there that have wide receivers with one weapon. 
the days of having teams that are stacked with ridiculous ass wide receivers everywhere, I, I think are in the past. You got a good weapon for him. That that is the most ridiculous check. statement I've ever heard anybody say. The the Rams. The uh, but see here's no, the problem. The here's City the problem Chiefs, with the Rams. Here's the problem with the three Rams. Three wide receivers. Here's the problem with the Rams. Brandon Cooks is a, an elite level wide receiver talent. Robert Woods was garbage when the Rams signed him. Uh, Cooper because Cup was a third. The Bills. Cooper Cup was a third round pick, and he's like, awesome. These that, are guys that you just pulled off the street basically and stuck into an awesome offense because they have protection, they have a great scheme, they and they have a good quarterback, have and they protection. look awesome. Yes, they do. No, the Rams' offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Mm. John Sullivan, Roger Saffold. Andrew Whitworth. I mean, to say that that is a thing in the past, it's not a thing in the past. I mean, we can go on. Ben Roethlisberger has, you know, all these weapons. He's got great weapons. He's Uh, also got a great offensive line. Kansas City Chiefs have tons of weapons. They've also got a great offensive line. uh, The Philadelphia Eagles have a bunch of offensive lines. They've also got a great offensive line. (laughs) But uh, what I'm saying is you can have both. But you I think can, you yeah. have to get weapons. And to say that, oh, that Corey Davis is the only weapon, that's going to be our only weapon going forward, is doing a disservice to Marcus. They, they, they all Marcus. feed into each other. Yeah. They all feed into each other. That's, that's a bad take to go, in, line to go first, into the next wide receiver To second. go into the next season with just Corey Davis and a hopefully coming back from injury Delaney Walker and is a bad, bad move. You know, you get development out of Taewon Taylor, you know. Okay, let's let's kill Taewon Taylor. Fire him into the fucking sun. <laughs> can't even fucking stay healthy. Oh, now he, he can't stay did, healthy. He didn't. He can't did, run did routes. Did your boy Tajay Sharp miss an entire year? Taewon Taylor missed three games. Right, all right, all right. <laughs> at least he can catch the ball. All right, so we're fixing the offensive line. So he caught we're all twenty the passes this year, and we're fixing uh, the defensive tackle yeah. and and outside linebacker edge rusher. Yeah, I'm. Positions. I would say. Interior offensive line first, edge rusher, wide receiver third. Okay. That's where I'm at. All right. We can't do all of these. Yeah. We can't yeah, do we'll, all we'll, of yeah, We can do all of that. We'll do all of it, but we'll also get into bigger arguments later on down the road. Sure. This, this will, I can't there, wait to get into draft There's a whole offseason for, for this bickering. Yes. Um, but thank you for joining wait, us. Wait. I have a, I have a take I want to I read. Oh, Let's Lord. Let's get this take. Um, I, I, I found Your take or someone else's it's take? Someone else's oh, take. Oh, can I say one thing yeah. real quick? Just because... I've already seen it a million times, and I know as soon as the season ends, we're going to start seeing it more unless Malcolm Butler gets like 10 interceptions in the next five weeks. The Titans are not going to cut Malcolm Butler. It would cost them $18 million to do it. It's not happening this offseason. Get ready for him to be on the team next year. Just buckle in. Waste, don't waste your Twitter characters. Malcolm Butler is going to be a Titan in 2019. Nobody's going to trade for him. There is, it, he's going to be on the team, and he's not as bad as you think he is. So just get over it now, and don't don't <laughs> at me. Please leave me alone. Don't don't be yelling. Oh, they just need to cut Malcolm Butler. That'll fix everything. Play Lashawn Sims. What, how how Lashawn Sims do last night? Yeah, yeah, he sucked. Couldn't even fall on a ball that was right there. Yeah, and, and he's he literally right there. Got roasted by eighty-four-year-old Demarius Thomas on a. All right, before we get into our podcast, Sorry. let's get this. Let's get this going. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is from uh, Bryce at bwl nine three one underscore. Oh no. Vrabel reminds me so much of Butch Jones. So many corny quotes, and they both had a few huge wins that made you believe just to lose at the worst times. This motherfucker is comparing Mike Vrabel to Butch Jones. Worst take I've seen in the last 24 hours. Lebowski, your thoughts. 
This is exactly why, and I'm going to say this loud and clear Uh-oh. so that everyone listening does not have any mistake of what I'm saying. This is why I cannot stand sharing a fan base with an SEC school, particularly the Tennessee Volunteers. You did not hear me incorrectly. I cannot stand this over-the-top, let's fire a coach after six games mentality. Butch Jones was most one of the most ridiculous hires for a team, and this is after Derek Dooley. Okay, I don't want to hear it anymore. The guy's glowing resume included coaching at Cincinnati. So and Central Michigan to me and Central Michigan do not ever mention the name Butch Jones in the same realm as it. And I'm going to say this again. Any Titans head coach to date. (laughs) Yeah, it's a terrible. I would take Mike. I would take Mike Munchak back tomorrow before I would ever let Butch Jones set foot in the Titans locker room. A hundred percent. Speaking of Munchak, how many, what was, what's the highest draft pick you would trade if you could have him back as offensive line coach? I would go second or third. I'd go that high. Yeah. I think, I think fourth. I'd, I'd at least, I'd probably go for third or fourth, fourth, maybe. Uh, I'd throw Zach off the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the question? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, Lebowski, and thanks for listening efforts. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and would like to ask a small favor. Uh, ratings and reviews help us and help people like you find the show. Um, if you want to uh, encourage us and, and give us uh, a little bit of help, uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, and yeah, make sure to visit our sponsors and visit, uh, music city miracles for all your Titans news and analysis. Uh, Mike put, he's written a couple articles already from the Monday night after the Monday night game. Um, they're both interesting. You can, uh, tweet us at, at efforts pod and, uh, we are football and other efforts and you have just been effed. We need to find a way to, uh, incentivize the reviews. Yeah. How are we going to do that? I don't think we need to. Do we just threaten to fire him into the sun? Whoa. What just happened? Hold on. Oh, Oops, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that was. False start. False start. On the offense. False start. Josh Klein. Josh Klein. Move him back. Josh Klein's operating our podcast equipment. It's terrible. <laughs> just a mess. It fell on the floor three times. <laughs> It's always three yards in the backfield turned the opposite direction you want it to be. (laughs) And holding. Always holding. (laughs) David Llewellyn's going to live forever as the Titans' third running back. Blue season. (laughs) Blue season never ends. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. 
Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.